Good morning. Welcome to our devotional this morning, this Wednesday morning, and thank you for joining us. Today we will be picking up where we left off on the two olive trees as described in the book of Revelation. It says, these are the two olive trees, the two candlesticks standing before the God of heaven and earth. And of course, the scripture goes to describe these two individuals as the individual prophets that will be prophesying during the time of the tribulation. God says in his word that I will give unto my two witnesses power and they shall prophesy a thousand two hundred and three score days clothed in sackcloth. Now, Zechariah is Zechariah gives unto Zerubbabel the word, and this is the word for us today also. Then he answered and spoke unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. You know, for over 45 years, I've heard that verse or scripture used. Uh, people will quote it. People will quote it just talking. They'll quote it uh, while ministering or teaching or preaching or something. But in the context that it is used, he is telling Zerubbabel, this issue of rebuilding the temple, which may seem as an impossible task, it may look like a giant mountain. It may look like something that is absolutely You can't go around it, you can't go over it, you can't go under it. It is just so massive, it is just so huge. And the only thing that you can see is the mountain before you. But he tells them, Zerubbabel, this issue of this problem, it seems that the people are not involved. It seems that the priesthood is not involved. It seems that people just don't care It's one of those things that even Elijah felt during his day and age. I'm the only one left. Lord, nobody else really is seeking you. Nobody else is is wanting to do your work. But in reality, there were others that were hidden during that time that were being spared their lives uh, as Ahab was looking for them or Jezebel. So once again, then he answered and he spoke unto me saying, this is the word of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord to you. It's not by might, nor by power. It's not by physical strength. It's not by physical talent. Not by physical ability. It's not by our cunningness. It's not by our subtlety. It's not by anything that we do. But by my spirit, says the Lord. Not only not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. And this is the Lord of armies. The Lord of hosts. That means not even all his armies, all of them put together, can accomplish what the Spirit of God himself can do. It requires the working of the Holy Spirit in and through our lives individually to accomplish the work that God wants done in our lives. Remember, we are a vessel. He is the potter. He's been molding us. He's been shaping us. And eventually, the pot goes through the fire to be uh, hardened and be made uh, useful for the master's hand. So Zerubbabel receives a divine revelation. He receives instruction. He receives the timing for the season he receives the purpose for the season. He Everything falls into place. Now, this is 
the divine revelation of God for the moment, for the purpose that is at hand. When Jesus was when Jesus asked his disciples in Matthew chapter 16 verse 17 and 18 and he answered and said uh, he asked asked them and uh, uh, Peter answered and said uh, that thou art the son of the living God Jesus answered and said unto him blessed art thou Simon Barjona for flesh and blood has not revealed it unto you and basically uh, someone has taken off the cover. Someone has unveiled it so that you can see what was covered. It was there all the time. It just was not visible. It wasn't something new. It was there, but it was just hidden out of plain sight. Flesh and blood have not revealed it unto you. This did not come from man. This does not, not come from any type of learning as we've learned in, about Paul. In the book of Galatians, the whole revelation of Jesus Christ was received through him going into the Arabian desert and there having an encounter with Jesus where Jesus revealed himself and unveiled himself to the apostle. In like manner, the revelation of Jesus in the book of uh, John uh, is the revelation of Jesus at the end, but the Apostle John saw him exactly as he is. And he saw things that were timed to happen and their purpose for which they were going to happen. So Simon is revealed this by the Heavenly Father. And it says in verse 18, I say unto you that thou art Peter. And upon this rock, not Peter being the rock, but upon this rock, which is revelation, I will build my church. I will build my church through the process of unveiling and uncovering when the time is necessary and when the purpose is necessary to be fulfilled and when the gates of hell, when they come against my church, you're going to actually go against those gates and they're not going to prevail against you. See, so it's not going to be my bite. It's not going to be by power, but it's going to be by the Spirit of God. So he says in verse number 7 of Zechariah chapter 4, Who art thou, O great mountain? See, it wasn't just a hill. It wasn't just a, something difficult. But it was an impossible task. After having been in captivity, the people of Israel, for 70 years, they are sent home. They are allowed to go back. They are, are, are actually told to rebuild uh, the temple. But the people seem to be a little apathetic about it. And they don't want to get involved and they don't do it. So it became a great mountain, a great issue. Who art thou, O great mountain, before Zerubbabel? In other words, what is your problem? What is your difficulty? Before the living God and before the living Holy Spirit of God, that issue, that problem is insignificant in comparison. The Lord of hosts, even the armies and all these things, uh, all combined together, could not accomplish what he can accomplish by his Spirit alone. Remember, in the beginning, the Spirit of the living God moved upon the waters, the heavens and the earth were there created also by the Holy Spirit as they were by Christ himself. So it says, Who art thou, O great mountain, before Zerubbabel? Thou shalt become a plain. You're going to be leveled out. 
And, and, and when you think about it, what can possibly be done? I mean, is the mountain vaporized? Is the mountain bulldozed away? No, all that the Spirit of God has to do is speak, and that which needs to be accomplished will be accomplished by the power of His Word. And He shall bring forth the headstone thereof with shouting, crying, Grace, grace unto it. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me. This is verse number 8. Saying, The hand of Zerubbabel, the hand that laid the foundation of this house, his hand shall also finish it. Now you have to remember, the house that was built by Solomon, that David wanted to build, but he wasn't permitted by God because he was a man of war, too much bloodshed, and of course, whatever other reasons, he was not permitted. It was magnificent. It was tremendous. It's glory. The, the peoples from around the world that came to visit, they were astounded at his wisdom. They were astounded at his personal house. They were astounded at the house of God. All of these things. And yet, the prophet Haggai, during this time that also prophesied in Malachi, Malachi rebukes the priesthood for, for, for their absolutely uh, inability to get involved. Uh, Haggai rebukes the leadership and he rebukes the people also. He says, you're in a condition of financial ruin. Your businesses are not working. Your life is not coming to a fruitful place because you have not considered your ways. You have said it's not the timing yet uh, to build the house of the Lord. It's the time to take care of my business, take care of my needs, take care of my things. But if we seek the kingdom of God, and his righteousness first. All the rest of the things are going to be added. So Zerubbabel is going to be laying the foundation to something that is going to seem to be so insignificant in compared to those that were alive at the time when they saw Solomon's temple to what they're going to be looking at is so insignificant that it's like, wow, this is really nothing. This is, I mean, was it even worth trying to get this done? But in reality... The Lord is going to say, hey, the glory of my house is going to be greater than that of Solomon. And of course, he's not talking about a physical temple, but he's talking about the people of God, the church, the spiritual temple. It is going to overflow with glory. And the peoples of the lands of this earth will see that glory. They will see the glory of the Lord. It says, for the hand of Zerubbabel... Uh, has laid the foundation of this house, and he is also going to get to see it. He shall also finish it, and thou shalt know that the Lord of hosts has sent me unto you. This is the way that you will know that the prophet has spoken by the Lord, that not only has Zerubbabel laid the foundation, but he will also finish the work completely. And then it says in verse number 10, for who has despised the day of small things? For they shall rejoice and they shall see the plummet in the hand of Zerubbabel. With those seven, they are the eyes of the Lord which run to and fro throughout the whole earth. In other words, he's not doing this work alone. In order to get something perfectly level or plumb, 
The plum was being used in his hand. And that thing was being used to make everything just perfect. But in reality, whose seven are the eyes of the Lord. And this we're, we're going to talk about in the book of Revelation. I also talked about it in a couple of other scriptures. Which run throughout the whole earth. And they run, why? Because God is looking for those whose hearts are perfect towards him. As it says in the book of Chronicles. And we'll talk about that also. In verse number 9. For behold, the stone that I have laid before Joshua, that was the high priest, upon one stone shall be seven eyes. Behold, I will engrave the engraving thereof, saith the Lord of hosts. I will remove the iniquity of the land in one day. And of course, this is prophesied as something futuristic uh, concerning the Day, let's say, let's call it the day of atonement when their sin is taken away on that one day. But when Jesus comes back and all sin, all, all, all of Israel sees him, they're going to repent. In one day, the whole nation is going to be converted when he returns back. So it says, for behold, the stone that I have laid before Joshua upon one stone shall be seven eyes. And we have to remember, according to the book of Isaiah, upon Jesus was the spirit of the Lord and the spirit of might and the spirit of counsel and the spirit of wisdom. Seven spirits, and these seven spirits once again are mentioned in the book of Revelation. It's not that there's seven spirits, but seven facets of it. And they're called eyes because they involve being able to see. See, Jesus constantly talked about what I see the Father do, that is what I do. What I hear the Father say, that is what I say. And when Jesus sent the Holy Spirit, uh, or the Comforter, as we would call him, uh, the scripture says, he will not speak of himself. Whatever he hears, then that is what he is going to speak. He is going to see, and he is going to hear what Jesus is saying, and that is what he is going to accomplish for his church. Well, thank you for joining us today. Consider this, your mountain is nothing, not before the Lord of hosts. And nothing before, nothing before the mighty Holy Spirit. Consider that mountain as leveled out by God's power through his word in your life. In Jesus' name, the Lord richly bless you. Amen.